Welcome to Waypoint, a show for people who like to watch our main characters suffer. This has been a hard arc, and you monsters have been encouraging it. If you really liked how bad all of this was for all of them, you're the problem. And also, this episode is for me because I love that. I'm Jules. I'm the game master. I'm Sanya. I play Talit, and I uh, love to make my character suffer as well. <laughs> I'm Viola, I play Moon, and I love me some angst. I'm Mimi, I play Max, and I actively give the GM fodder to make my character suffer every time. It's really funny, because like for the first time, this introduction we do really sounds like uh, like Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> we're like a self-help group for people who like to make their player characters' uh, lives horrible. This is my deep shame. <laughs> yeah, the important thing is that we all notice that there's a problem. <laughs> and uh, once we're there, we can start working on it. I also just went through the fan fictions I wrote the last few months, and they're all just like <laughs> so angsty. <laughs> you made me you made me really hopeful when you said I just went through the fan fictions. I was like, wait, are waypoint fan fictions? Oh, oh no, no, I'm so sorry. Oh uh, damn. Also, encouragement to everyone. If you want to write fan fiction about waypoint. I, I will I will say there is no crack ship. Whatever ship you write down, I will consider. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's how desperate I am for fan fiction. <laughs> Enoch and Incent, fuck it. Yeah, why not? And I if, don't I don't know how, but I'll make a scene for them. If your problem is that you don't want us to read a fan fiction, you should probably tell us. Because if yeah, I saw yeah. a fan fiction, I would probably read it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I would devour it. I wouldn't just devour it. I would send it to everyone else currently in this call. <laughs> immediately yeah <laughs> anyways just to recap for the audience and to make clear where the stakes are uh what conditions is everyone on currently i have four i also have four i only have three okay so mimi's doing great yes uh, <laughs> no, fine i wouldn't say great three is still three out of five is <laughs> i'm doing amazing it's just because Max had such a positive emotional experience with the last episode. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, Max is ahead of all of you on that in that sense. So you are currently on ship, all of you, for the first time. Yeah. I think we described in an earlier episode the inside of ship in how big it is. Because like, I have these two images in my head. And one of them is basically like the inside of the ship from Young Justice which is pretty roomy, honestly. Mm-hmm. And the other is basically like a cramped submarine where you're all squeezed against each other. I was thinking like the size and general layout of like a, a camping wagon or something like that. Like there is everything you need in there. There is just not a lot of space otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I really like that idea that you also have to think like space conscious and you have a bed that you can fold out. Oh, that's the pilot's chair. It just leans back. That's the, that's the bed. Yeah. It's a Murphy bed. Like very practical and very, very efficient with space if someone were using it in as it was intended. And Moon is currently basically in the pilot's chair with the rest of you, like sort of hanging on to the walls and looking out of the front uh, window yeah. uh, down at the Waypoint Evening Times building uh, where you arrived last time. And which is, I will say, because last time you worked really well on trying to locate where more people infected by the Amarath are. And so I say you arrive here really early. Like by the time you arrive here, it's literally just started to sprout. 
And in front of it, you see in another gray robe with a red, fleshy, fancy, Victorian-esque collar and, like, uh, red growths all over the arms and the back that resemble blades, uh, Brad Raker, from now on called The Podcaster. <laughs> At least for this episode, because, yeah. Yeah, all the suffering was for one pun. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what the best ideas get started. Like, oh, I have an awful yeah. idea. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's really about finding the middle ground between, like, harsh, dark emotional moments and goofy comic book bullshit. That's what it's all about. Honestly, that's just really my jam. Like, making characters yeah. suffer and making stupid puns. That's that's the sweet <laughs> spot for me. Yeah. And our our yeah, podcast is a very great um, overlap, has, has much overlap between those two. <laughs> okay, Jules, since I'm still mind-melded with ship. Can I get a vibe check on Brad Raker? Sure, I'll say you can definitely try that. Pierce the mask makes sense. Okay. Do that, yeah. Be uh, mundane. Luckily, this is the one condition I do, I do not have that's affected but by that. But your mundane is a plus zero. Yeah. So. Hey, at least I don't get a minus two. True. Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> you think I get a minus two? Oh well. <laughs> this is a six. Sounds positive. Okay, okay. Um That's a six. Unless you want to say that like ship can help me. But do we I even will have say, any team? I will say that yeah, you don't have any team, first of all, is the problem. Mm. But I say we could say that you're already in the fight and do the pre fight moves. I think that's fair. We could do that. If the leader has influence over every teammate, uh-uh. Mm -mm. No, I uh, have oh, influence. Actually. I have influence. It's just right, that Moon do. doesn't have influence over me. Oh, right. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's the third team point. Then uh, if everyone has the same purpose in the fight, add another team. What are y'all's purposes? Stop the guy. Yeah, take the podcaster out. Yeah, Fuck taking him out. Not letting any more people get infected. You have all decided to stop podcasting? We've decided to do a censorship. <laughs> yeah, you have decided to take away his free speech. <laughs> um, if any team member mistrusts the leader or the team, remove a team. Now. No. I don't think mistrust. I still think mistrust Max is a great is a leader. One. I just think she has some issues she needs to work out. Well, I don't trust the team right now, so I'm sorry, but... <laughs> <laughs> one less team. If your team is ill-prepared or off-balance, remove a team. I will say you are not off balance. Uh, you're not ill-prepared or off balance. You were actively looking for this. And you are out here without being under immediate attack, so you do have a situation where you can prepare a little. True. That's what I would like to do first, by the way. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, and you'll have three team for it after Vio's move. Yes. If one of you like wants to assist Moon's psychological assessment by trying to gather visual information on the situation, for example. You can definitely help. Yeah, I mean, I intend to, uh, intend to assess the situation afterwards anyway, so that would make sense. That's nice. Okay, so you can help Moon a little bit by giving live commentary. I think stuff like what are you really planning can also be read from what he's currently in the process of doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Moon... Mm -hmm. On a seven, you may ask one. Hmm. I, I'm just going to use this this moment to recap what we might already know. What are you really planning? I'm assuming taking out anyone who threatens his views and or podcast. What do you want me to do? I'm, I mean, he was trying to, he did attack us several times uh, indirectly. 
What do you intend to do? Envelop the building in a pod? Just want to add here real quick. It has been two arcs since then. But you did figure out that he has a past with the Waypoint Evening Times when you were talking to Jessica Right. Veritas. Yeah, he used to work there uh, until he was fired, essentially. Right, and I think she was the one who like did an expose or something on him. I think it was either that, like his father was already working that, so it was kind of like an inherited position. And, nepotism uh, baby. He, nepotism yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was just a nepo baby. And yeah, she was basically like pretty, pretty directly to blame for his cancellation, mm. which ultimately led led to him starting his podcast outside of the Wayfind Evening Times. So I think like the revenge motive is pretty clear. I'm leaning towards how can I get your character to what what my main focus is right now. I want to see what the relationship between him and the Amorath is, if he's mm. controlled by it or if he is controlling it. So how can I get your character to show a weakness or like to separate from the MRF or something like that? I would say that falls more under assessor situation. Yeah. Stuff okay. like, yeah, what is uh, what here is the most vulnerable to me and stuff like that. What are you going to use to, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I will say if you want to kind of figure out what his connection with the MRF is, that would for me fall under Pierce the Mask. I think what do you intend to do could pretty well answer that. That could give you a kind of sense of his mental space currently. Mm. And like, How yeah, much of it from that himself. you could probably gather if it's more him at the wheel or the Amarath and stuff like that. Okay, then I will say, what do you intend to do? As you enter his mind, you find something different than when you entered the last few people who were yeah, under the influence of the Amarath. Uh, because l the last two times it was definitely like base impulses and you the first thing you got was this sort of planned network this sort of network of nodes as soon as you went into the mind and the actual person definitely wasn't in control anymore something you get here is a lot more let's say synergistic you definitely feel the influence of the amareth metaphorically how it maybe manifests in your mind is Everything is tinted red. There's this heavy emotional energy in there that you've always felt when you try to enter the uh, Amareth mines. But you definitely get the feeling that the motivation here and at least some sense of reason are the ones of Brad Raker. Uh, so as, as far as intention, you get the feeling that there was long ago, uh, for, uh, for a long time, a desire to cause harm, a desire to cause harm to those that he feels wronged him. That is in part you, who turned down an interview and gave that interview to his longtime enemy. Mm. And that is in part his longtime enemy, who he, like, this attack is in part an attack on his old job and in most an attack on the person who got him fired. So he intends to destroy Jessica Veritas, whatever that means. Oof. So I think it's still him. Like, he, he is getting pushed along by the Amorath and it's doing kind of what he wants, but maybe we can reach him? At least he's not like the other people. He's not being controlled. He, he still has enough control to, to, like, decide not to do this. Moon, I don't think we could have reached him if he wasn't influenced. That guy hates us. Yeah, I, I got that feeling. I just... The Amorath is, it's just, it's pushing him. Like, he might be 
a, a guy who hates us, but he's still just a human who has has lost control of his emotions. Like that happens. That happened to all of us more than once. Yeah, but when we lost control of our emotions, we kind of wanted control back. And I don't think he wants control back. I think he is using this right now to get to his goals. So he will not be willing to or, or hoping that someone stops him. Yeah, I think you're right. The the idea of absolute power corrupts absolutely or absolute power uh, reveals what you actually wanted to do, mm. but you didn't have the power to do. Yeah. But also, Moon, I just want to say I love how you are trying to see good things in people. Aww. That is a comfort and support. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I will I will allow you to roll for that. I'm sure your stats are amazing on that right now. Uh, What's your... Um, ah, your mundane is fine. That's a plus one. Yeah. Are you angry? I am. I'm sadly angry, yes. <laughs> hmm. Then it's a... All in all together, a negative one. Yeah, it's a three and a five, so it's an eight. Hey. Minus one is a seven. Woo! Hey, nice. And on a mixed success on comfort and support someone, you get to mark potential clearer condition or shift labels if you open up. I think this is the sort of thing that Moon definitely. I mean, who who doesn't like to hear that? And you feel this wave. Oh, you're like, a good person. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and you feel a moon sort of like, like this warm glow of like friendship and fondness. And Aww. yeah, I mean, th that's kind of what happens when you feel everything everyone else is feeling. You, 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 you sense their emotions. You, you know, like no one sets out to be a bad guy. Even Brad Raker thinks he's being wronged. He's lashing out out of hurt and insecurity. It's, it's not like he's a bad person. Uh, and I kind of <laughs> you can you can feel Max disagree strongly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think like that. If I stop thinking that everyone can be saved, that everyone has their motives and their intentions, and they're they are trying what they think is best, then all of this would just get way too big in my head <laughs> i definitely see where you're coming from and i love your positive outlook i think you're a good influence on us because i think max and i are most you know just seeing the actions of people and maybe we ought to see the other side a little bit but uh also you know right now brad raker is trying to kill people so I think no matter what happened to him, that's not justified. So let's focus on that and do our best to stop him because I think this thing has been going on for long enough. I think I will I will clear... Hmm. What do I want to clear? Oh, you don't want to take potential? Hmm. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Just <laughs> this right once I will clear condition. <laughs> maybe another time, yeah, that's fine. I, I get think it. I will clear hopeless. That's nice. Because you're actually being hopeful right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, um, I have a move that lets me respond pretty well to what Charlotte just said. Namely, okay. the best of them. When you comfort or support someone by telling them how they exemplify the best parts of Earth, basically I can hey. go freak instead of mending. And I think when you say yeah. like you you have a good influence on us, we get this like wave of like, what? I have an influence on you? Charlotte, Max... It's nice that you think that, but 
you have no idea how much I learned about people from you guys. Like, everyone on my planet thinks the same way. Everyone feels everyone's emotions. So everyone becomes the same after a bit. And spending time with you guys and in your heads and seeing how each of you has this unique look at the world and how each of you sees something different. Like like with Brad Raker, Max, you think he's just an evil monster. And Charlotte, you see someone who is misguided and maybe can be helped. And I think he's someone who needs help, definitely. And how can you say I'm showing you what empathy is when you have shown me how to be empathetic to someone and that I don't need my powers to know that they're worth saving, that they're worth fighting for. Like, you guys have shown me how valuable it is to, to, to think for oneself, to, to have your own view of the world and not just go along with the masses and what the consensus is. And that's, that's beautiful. You, you've really shown me a whole, a whole new world. I just really like to imagine in the background Brad Raker like choking someone out on the pavement <laughs> uh, while trying to get into the building outside of the window while you're having this conversation. <laughs> and I don't get a minus a minus two uh, from my hey. condition hey. and I, I roll freak so I get a plus one instead of a zero. Nice. Um, so this is a six plus one it's a seven. Okay hey a lot of good enoughs today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue like that. So, Charlotte, you also get the opportunity to potentially open up. Um, I will open up because I'm desperate for people like, I don't know, being nice to me and people appreciating <laughs> me because I fucked up. Yeah. So, yes, I am opening up. I mean, it's a nice thing to imagine that there's no one beyond saving. So that's nice. And I'm definitely thinking of myself right now and not Brad Raker. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna get rid of hopeless that makes sense moon the bringer of hope are we now all down to three again yeah yes hey Great. see this this is a way you can start into a fight just three <laughs> conditions you can take like three hits that's child's play <laughs> you just gotta roll good every time and while we are opening our hearts Max is just is um, like leaning over, staring at the screen, analyzing everything. Yes, I think I would just look at the surroundings and trying to see where vulnerabilities could be or where the people are and Red Raker in relation to that. Just getting an mm -hmm. overview of um, the land, basically. Then uh, roll plus superior. I'm actually good at that. Yeah, you have two plus twos. That's pretty nice. So that's a 10. I have a plus mm. two, I get a minus two because of a condition, and a plus that one. That is still a ten. Because I'm the captain, so I have an eleven. Hey. hey, nice. Okay, so ask two. I think how could we best end this quickly is probably Makes a sense. good start. Okay, so uh, as you look outside of the window, you realize something that Moon has kind of felt before when you were feeling out for people whose thoughts ship couldn't track, and something that is now coming up again. You see that Brad isn't the only one coming at the building. Oh, no. You see that from all the blocks around and from multiple cars that have parked here and from railway stations and from all of that, you see a, a good amount of more people also wearing gray robes that have made their way towards the building. 
Uh, it seems that he's activated a lot of his people for this kind of thing. From all the knowledge you've had before, if you take out the central node, you take out all the other nodes. So it's definitely a you kill the bad guy and all the other guys die kind of situation. Very much classic superhero movie fare. The best way to end this quickly would be to take out Brad Raker. That makes sense. And purge him of the Amarath, because, yeah, that should kill the rest of the Amarath. Or at least separated from him. Then I think the next question is going to be, what here can I use to isolate Brad Raker so we can fight him without interference? Um, you get the feeling from what Moon told you and from everything you heard on the podcast and stuff like that, that he's, at least under the influence of the Amarath, mostly driven by hate and a feeling of being wronged by the world around him. So if you can utilize these emotions against him, you think, you could at least keep him away from the civilians. I think that would be a great opportunity to provoke someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this is the moment where Moon like gives another like warm smile to Charlotte and then turns to Max and like sensing like, oh, oh, Max is in business mode. <clears throat> yeah, so um, leader, uh, what's the plan? So we need to make sure that Brad Raker is by himself. We cannot fight him and however many other people. Yeah. Priority one is taking him out. So what I'm thinking is we need to goad him somewhere where the others can't get to. Charlotte is probably the best person to do that. You're quick enough to not get caught. Um. Yeah, sure. Are there like any, like what's, I know we are in downtown, so I assume a lot of like skyscrapers. Um, yes. Are there like any like plaza or a park or something anywhere where there's a bit of space that isn't like directly between big buildings with lots of collateral damage people? Yeah, there's probably like small chill zones with a couple benches and stuff like that where the worst thing you will kill is public architecture. And a pigeon. The pigeons, uh, the pigeons in Waypoint are smart enough to fly away when they're about to die. <laughs> the pigeons in Waypoint are actually small robots. Yeah, it's the it's the birds are fake conspiracy. Mm. Uh, so can we like alien abduct Brad Raker? <laughs> uh, theoretically, we could. Practically, ship. I mean, I would prefer continual existence. Yeah. I think fighting on board of me is bad. Like, like you For can, me. you can like <laughs> barely stretch your arms out without knocking something over. I think it would be easier to land ship in the, in the green zone over there and then just lure him here. Maybe Max and I can like flank him, get an ambush going. Like, if if you can distract him, maybe I have enough time to separate him from the Amorath. Because without that, he's just just a guy. Okay. Uh, let's let's do it. I will say, while you were talking about your feelings and while Max was assessing the situation, he did make headway towards the entrance. Uh, there are security guards there who basically, as soon as they saw whatever the fuck he is approaching them, put one and one together <laughs> and said, oh, this is a supervillain. Nope. Uh, but were quickly disabled. So yeah, unless unless you do something quickly, he will enter the building. Can you project audio out of ship? Yeah. I mean, technically, ship is telepathic, so you can telepathically send out I mean, yeah, that, voice, that's definitely. True. But ship cannot connect to the infected people, right? No. But Moon can. But Moon I can. can. And ship can definitely help. 
We can also goad him like that. You know what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we could go the road like, hey, you wanted an interview with us? Here we are. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> I think if, we, if we've learned one thing is Moon is not good at trash talk. <laughs> like with ship's help, I can definitely like reach over this distance. We can just like talk straight to him. <laughs> but maybe someone else do the trash talking. I don't really get it. Someone else trash talk through my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the classic trope of I'm going on a date and someone is on an earpiece coaching yes. me through it just <laughs> that I'm insulting someone. Yeah, except it's trash talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I mean, yeah, we can do that. Jules, what what kind of move would that be? <laughs> that is... Would it just be um, I provoke I, someone on me with, like, if necessarily helping? like like Yeah, to- I would yes. say that's a provoke someone. That's definitely the most sensible thing here. Uh, but I would say it's a provoke someone you roll that someone helps you with, Moon. <sighs> okay. Do I get? I get. I do get a minus. Okay. What's your superior? My like? superior That's, is a plus it's not two. That bad. And with the yeah. best stat. And with my guilty, it cancels out. So this will be a straight roll. Good old flat. Yes. Ooh! Hoo-hoo! That's two fives. That's a ten. Plus one. Hey. Because we, we did... We, we acted on the answers of like... Yeah. How yes. can we... Okay. So that's an eleven. Okay. Uh, you can still take the help. <laughs> nah, for I think we another need the plus team. one <laughs> but this is not one of the Powered by the Apocalypse games where 12 means anything yeah. yeah so what do you say to him I think Moon does something that they didn't know they could do and like material, like in his mind's eye materialize before him just say oh Brad Raker I heard you wanted an interview with us we finally thought you know we are here we are on a break we'll let you talk to us if you're mad enough to come he will actually, you see him freeze right in front of the door and turn around. He has to kind of turn his whole body around because the collar would otherwise block his sight. And as you see his face really for the first time now, you see veins uh, in the same way that they're on all of the pods uh, under his skin all over his face. And his eyes are bloodshot as he looks up at you. And he does what you want. You have definitely drawn his attention as he raises a hand sort of pointing towards you and you see that out of the palm of his hand one of these pods grows, a small one, and with the force of a rocket he shoots it at you. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Um, Shep, uh, evasive maneuvers! Um, one of the weaknesses is is explicitly slow and clumsy. (laughs) Ah, I see. Uh, in this situation, I would say that this is a directly engage a threat. Okay. Uh, because, yeah, resist you definitely are trying for resistor avoiding blows, yeah. But, since I'm flying my ship, I can use my superior, which, as we've established, is a plus two, which cancels out hey. my afraid condition, so it's a straight roll again. <laughs> nice. Eleven! Eleven! Yay. The dice nice. are with, uh, with us. Yes. Finally. Yeah, you get to pick two. And you get to describe what you want to do with these. Uh, I think one of them would be like, ship, evasive maneuvers, evasive maneuvers. And I think since, maybe since Moon has like already been kind of in his mind, that was like the thing that actually made slow and clumsy <laughs> exploration drone ship able to like, <laughs> like barely make it. 
to the side and yeah. just get like grazed by the pod. I will also say that to your own surprise, like you know that ship has a certain base level uh, intelligence itself, but ship does follow your orders, but also on top of your orders, you get the feeling that it itself really quickly calculates that it's not going to get out of the way perfectly in time, but it can have the pod hit a small part of it that it will basically bounce off of, so it also turns around a little bit, like a ship perfectly executes uh, what you told it, and you're on the exact same wavelength in this. Uh, and what's the other thing you want to mark? Um, I'm thinking like take something from them. We are far too far away to do anything. Mm -hmm. Create an opportunity. I don't really know how I can create an opportunity. I would just say impress, uh, surprise or frighten the opposition. Yeah, there's definitely a logic um, to that. Maybe I can like, like appear in front of him again. I think you could say create an opportunity for your allies because in your dodging move, uh, you could maybe also get into a good position for everyone except for you to get out. Yeah, maybe we can like, as we are dodging, Moon sort of swoops down, opens the head and just, okay, jump out here, I'll land over there. And yeah. So I think Moon just, yeah, opens the hatch. Okay, guys, uh, you jump out here, I'll land over there. There's the statue thing that ship can kind of hide behind a bit and then come from all sides and hit him until he stops, I guess. Time to fight Brad Raker in the marketplace of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> You still take a little bit to land ship, but the other two are definitely out now and can directly interact with the situation. And your provocation and effective dodging of his attack has definitely incited more negative emotions within Brad Raker. Moon, you get like a red wave of anger coming at you as... Yeah, you've achieved basically exactly what you wanted. <laughs> Uh, which, in this situation, he will actually step away from the building. And towards her, Max and Charlotte just got out of the ship. But as he does so, he will raise a hand and throw a thumb behind him. And you see that suddenly all the other people on the plaza in their gray robes are starting to run at the entrance of the building. So you've drawn his attention away from the building, but he has escalated the situation by putting the civilians in danger through the people he has control over. Oh no. I'm kind of thinking about what we should do, you know, with the other people, because, you know, a lot of civilians are in danger right now. Mm -hmm. If I should do something about that first, which would mean I would leave Max alone. <laughs> With uh, Brad Raker, which is also not so great. Or which is focusing on Raker and then, you know, hope that other civilians will not be hurt and we need to be fast or something like that. Max did, yeah, did tell you earlier that Raker is the priority. Yeah, defeating him will knock out all the others, but defeating him will be a lot harder than knocking out the others. And, like, I want to tell you that should you leave now... Um, Max would see that as, like, disobeying orders. <laughs> okay. Charlotte is, you know, seeing the situation. Charlotte is like, Max, shall we, like, stop them? Or what are we going to do? Our best bet is to end this as quickly as possible. If we win this fight, it will solve the situation there as well. <sighs> okay. Then let's do this quickly. Punch All him. right. Punch him. Punch him. Punch him. Punch yeah, him. what do you do, Punch Charlotte? Him. 
Um, Punch? <laughs> I'm gonna say Charlotte runs up to him and are there like trees around? I would say in front of the building, there's like a small green spot for for looking nice that would have like a tree growing in it with a little bench under it. Okay, I want Charlotte to run up to him and like run into him with all her force of her body and catapult him against the tree. Okay, okay. So uh, roll to directly engage a threat. Okay, that's a three and a six. So hey. it's a nine plus one. It's a ten. That's a ten. Man, you really kept all the good rolls for <laughs> the part where it fucking matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's I was knocked out before, off. but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, resist or avoid blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, or impress, fr surprise, or frighten the opposition. You get to pick two. Well, definitely frighten him, because mm -hmm. I'm coming at him with full force. I will just say, because you said uh, you said we use danger and you did roll for danger, that I don't assume you're holding back on this to fight the good fight. Uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I mean, throwing him into the tree, what is the what is the intention behind that? It's mainly like to knock the wind out of his pipes or like yeah. to make, yeah. Yeah, and also, also maybe, you know, his coat gets like tangled up with a branch, uh, something like that. So he will have to struggle with that as well. Yeah, I'd say that's creating an opportunity for your allies. Okay. Because it leaves him in a vulnerable state. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so uh, you play the Miley Cyrus classic <laughs> Wrecking Ball. And I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> exactly. With the full concussive force of your super-powered uh, legs, you uh, ram your shoulder into him, managing to have enough precision to not get sliced up by his arm blades as you do so, mm -hmm. and knocking him backwards into the building. And I'm going to say that not his coat gets tangled up, but his arm blades get stuck. <gasps> That's also fine. <laughs> and uh, you definitely have, like, dazed him temporarily with that. You're doing great. You're doing so good. You know, I can't... I'm sure nothing bad can happen now. Yeah. <laughs> you, you ram him into the tree, and he seems very shocked by that. Like, he did not expect that he could be harmed in a way, with all this additional power that he's gotten now, especially by something like just straight up concussive force. By something like a woman. And especially <laughs> by something like a woman. Hey, he doesn't have, he, do, uh, he doesn't have a problem with women. No. He doesn't have a problem sure. with women. Mm -hmm. uh, he, just, he just thinks that there's like a perfect biological place for men and women in society. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, by working together, you have perfect humanity and shit like that. Like the Bible uh, intended. Get exactly, like the Bible intended and like, I don't know, ads from the 50s intended, <laughs> which is what his whole vision of culture is based on. I'm just I'm just completely losing track of what his beliefs are. I'm just making him like a stand-in for everything. He, uh, He's just an all-around terrible person. Exactly. You've just, at this point, I think you've uh, definitely taken away his let's say security in uh, how well he's handling the situation. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And he will respond to that by creating backup, I think. Oh, no. I gave him one of these moves. What was it? Uh, recruit new listeners. Ooh. 
And you will see that the growing pod behind him in the background suddenly starts sprouting a lot of uh, little flowers that start sending seeds everywhere. And there's people that are trying to flee the building who are getting infected. And who are climbing over the slowly growing pod to swarm in and help him attack you. So you're being attacked by a group of freshly converted plant zombies. Plant zombies? Plants versus zombies? They're working together. <laughs> if united. Um, is there any water around here? A fountain or a pond or something like that? Okay, the question is, what do you need? Uh, how do you need to utilize the water? Because there is, like, we established that there's a small green spot that would have, like, sprinklers mm -hmm. to, like, water it. Uh, is that enough water? Well... What I do want to do is basically try to take out a lot of people at the same time with my lightning. And the best way to mm. do that is like to up the conductivity. And the easiest way to do that is water. That's That makes sense, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say this. They're walking out of the building and right in front of the building between the tree and the entrance is a little statue of the world. And around that statue... The floor is basically this large metal plate that they would be walking over. So in that way, you have something conductive here. Uh, they are, they're going to be walking over this large metal plate. Yeah, so I would try to take them out with lightning. Okay. We have established uh, that... that I know the amount that I need to just knock someone out and not kill them. We have them. multiple times established that <laughs> by this point, yes. Okay, uh, I... I will say that's a directly engaged threat, and this would count as a take something from them, because you're taking away his allies that he's just yeah. summoned. I have a five. Okay. <laughs> oh no. I'm I'm glad that you're not running through this. I was I was about <laughs> to think this would get boring. Potential. Okay, so uh, mark potential. Yep. Uh, are you already at the next level? No, one more. Okay, nice and. Basically, like, you electrolyze this piece of metal under their feet. And I was thinking, you know, yeah, it's superhero electricity. That stuff jumps out of the ground and something. But for some reason, maybe because, you know, this has been a pretty fucking rough day already. <laughs> your electricity doesn't come out as strong as you're used to. So you do manage to electrolyze the metal plate they're on. But not enough that their, you know, rubber soles of their shoes... Don't basically protect them from it. Oh no, my toes got all tingly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you're you're confronted with the issue that you thought you could make it strong enough that you know rubber soles wouldn't be a problem, but it turns out you're not that strong right now, and you mark a condition. I'm gonna be hopeless now. No. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I will say, uh, Moon, you uh, because Charlotte created such a good opportunity for you. You do get to act before more stuff happens. So you land the ship a little close to here. You could basically also land it like in the middle of the road. There's not a lot going on right now. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be very close to the situation. I think I wouldn't. Yeah, I think the one idea would have been to like get ship out of danger, but mm -hmm. we we did say we have to end this quickly. So I think Moon will just land at the next open space like maybe to the yeah. side of this little like green area and then i think since he's already kind of stuck to the tree why not make this permanent i think moon will run over and try to like sort of tie him up with with the telepathic bands again 
with the aim of eventually mm. like getting him, him immobilized enough to remove the Amorath. But first things T- first. Taking his movement from him in a way. Yeah. <laughs> you could phrase it like that, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, then, uh, yeah, directly engage a threat for me. You get to use your good old plus danger again with yes. a negative two, I think? Oh, right, yeah. Okay, so... Like, why do you think I rolled so badly? It's like mm-hmm. a minus three on, on directly engage a threat for me. Uh, that's a six and a four. That's a ten minus two is an eight. And Hey, that's still fine. Yeah. On a seven to nine, pick one. Uh, Take something from them. I think I will just, like, tie him to the tree. Yeah, that makes sense. Telepathic bands. Okay, so you extend your telepathic bands out with a quick movement. You don't even have to get all that close to him because they are something of a long-range weapon. Yeah, they are still pretty tattered from the fight with the alpha gamer, though. Yeah, true. Tinged red in a few places from plant viscera. You throw your arms forward and, yeah, you do manage to tie him to the tree. And uh, the situation seems like it's mostly under control, but he turns his head towards you. And you feel something. You feel this sort of impression, this sort of echo effect of all of these minds you were in in the last uh, day or so. Of all these people who uh, whose connection to the central node you felt. Like a phantom pain of sorts. And you feel that something of all of these situations appears to have stuck to your mind because he is having some degree of emotional control over you too oh, no. as the central node. And you get to say how as you mark a condition. Well, I guess I stared into the abyss and it stared back. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. I think I will mark angry and I think Moon will just shout at him mentally, What? Now you want to have a connection? Now you want to talk to me? I've been trying to reason with you for, well, a day. But still, like, I'm trying to end this peacefully. I I chose Uh. angry because, like, now it it wants to connect. Because I will stick (sighs) by it. Hopeless will be the last condition Moon will take. Yeah, I'm gonna say he does realize that he is kind of outnumbered in this situation. And you see a sort of fear in his eyes that you haven't seen before. That you also haven't seen in other people infected by the Amareth. Again, a hint at him having a lot more control than they had. But he doesn't seem to be in the emotional condition to respond to it with realizing that he's beaten. (laughs) But instead says, it's too late for reasoning. You have already lost. You've concentrated on the wrong target. And as he says that, you do realize that his hordes have definitely made it in the building and you hear screams from there. Uh, And I will say he's going to try to make you take a powerful blow. I think the realization and the maybe since you said, like, I I, I feel what this note is feeling and what the other notes that he is connected to are feeling, namely, yay, we're killing mm. people, that that would be pretty bad for someone who feels what people feel. Yeah. So, yeah, you get to roll a flat 2d6 <laughs> plus your conditions. Plus four. Whee! Uh, that's a nine plus four. <laughs> Whoopsie! Okay, on a ten plus, choose one. 
You must remove yourself from the situation, flee, pass out, etc. You lose control of yourself or your powers in a terrible way. We haven't had that one in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, or two options from the 7 to 9 list. Hmm. I, I don't really want to go the lose control of yourself again mm -hmm. from the same reason as last time. Yeah. I will say that with the 7 to 9 options, I see some good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, lashing out verbally, I feel, is pretty justified because you weren't really there when Max and Moon discussed, uh, when Max and Charlotte discussed, we're going to focus on Raker and basically leave the building B for a bit. Mm. So I definitely see you being here. Why did no one go there? Why did no one help? Because you basically just joined the situation after landing your ship. Yeah, I think I will take uh, two from the 7 to 9 list and I will uh, mm -hmm. give ground and that maybe Moon loses loses concentration and loses control of the telepathic bands and they just mm -hmm. fall off. <laughs> like, we tied them yeah. up and then they fall off again. I and see that, yeah. I think Moon, I will lash out. And I think I will try to provoke a teammate to foolhardy action. And Moon will wheel around to Max. Max! We, why are we fighting him? There are people in danger right now. Do something. You're the leader. Just get in there and taser them or something. Let's 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 handle this as provoke someone. I think uh, you provoke a teammate into foolhardy action. It it does use the word provoke, so I'll say mm -hmm. that you get to roll provoke someone against Max. Okay. Isn't it nice that you don't have influence over me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can't inflict a condition on Max at least. Ooh, uh, that's a six and a five. That's an eleven uh, minus two. That's solid. It's a nine. So say if they do it, add a team to the pool. Or if they don't do it, mark a condition. Uh, they mark a condition. I think at this point, since I'm basically provoking Max into splitting up from the team and abandoning our plan, I will say if they don't do it, they mark a condition. Hell yeah, absolutely. I love that. I'm at five conditions now and I feel guilty. And doesn't that just work out perfectly? No, if they don't <laughs> do it, they mark a condition. If you do it, you don't mark Yeah, one. you mark a condition if you don't oh, okay. uh, help the people in the building or coordinate your yeah. team to help the people in the building. Max just stares at Moon for a second and then says, you know what, fine, you deal with this. I'm out of here and I'm gonna help some people, maybe die while doing it, you know, who cares? And then she runs off. <laughs> we care. Max, we care so much. So, Max, being provoked into, uh, into foolhardy action, what is your plan? I am running towards the building. Mm -hmm. Trying to avoid any of the plant enemies. Mm -hmm. Plant enemies? There are the ones that are directly in front of you, basically. Mm -hmm. The ones that were on the metal bit that have been mobilized into action. And they would pose a threat to you as you're trying to get to the building. You could just magnetize yourself, like launch yourself off the metal grill. Anti-magnetize yourself. Yeah. They are not on the globe statue there, which is also made of metal. So you could definitely like try to magnetize yourself up to the globe and move past them over it. That would be overcoming an obstacle. Yeah, I think that's probably the easiest way to get there without getting into a fight. Yeah, okay. Then I'm going to say unleash your powers. I have just a seven. <laughs> that's just enough. so. Just a seven. Uh, that's just enough. On a 7 to 9, uh, you, you could mark a condition or I could tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. I don't think I'm going to go for a condition right now. <laughs> sure, <laughs> it doesn't sure? feel like yeah. it. To be fair, I would have to somehow think about like what exactly about this action is making me feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with something fun for the effect is unstable or temporary and also something that will cause further chaos in the situation. 
you raise your hands and magnetize yourself with the metal bits in your gloves against the globe and basically fly over the heads of the possessed people around you. But you did slightly overestimate how stable this statue is. Oh no. It's definitely not meant to be climbed upon. And basically as you whack against it with your whole body strength, you knock it off of its pedestal. Oh no. And now you have this giant metal ball you're on rolling towards the entrance of the building. <laughs> Such a great image. Which does injure at least one or two of the possessed people as you as you move in between them. Collateral the damage, I guess. Uh, so I'm gonna just, I think, give you the move right again and say, like, how do you deal with this? That you're on a rolling ball towards the building now. I would probably just magnetize the ball to the building so it stops and <laughs> I stop. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, give me another Unleash Your Powers here. That's a four. Uh, okay. So, you get to mark potential, first of all. I have reached the next advancement. Oh no! Hell yeah! <laughs> awesome. And yeah, you... I'm gonna say you try to do that. You try to magnetize the ball against the building. But you do a little... I don't know. I want to say you do too good of a job. It's more you miscalculate what that's actually gonna do. Because yes, most of the building is made of glass and steel. But it's definitely more glass than steel. So as you basically give the metal ball your on more force, you just, yeah, wrecking ball the building. <laughs> oh, no. uh, the ball with you on it slams into the side of the building and keeps going. Oh. Right through the lobby <laughs> over the pod, which you are now realizing is barely growing at all, probably because Raker has to put his whole concentration on dealing with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you you slam through the lobby back into the back wall, which this is an American building, so it doesn't take fucking shit. And you <laughs> ram straight through it uh, again, like basically making your way through the entire building. I'm going to say as soon as you connect with the first wall, you fall off of the off of the ball, mm -hmm. which keeps going without your input and mark a condition. I assume that might also have hurt some people. Yeah, you came uh, in like a bowling yes, ball definitely. and just spread pins everywhere. I think I feel a little guilty about that. Oh, a lot. Also, it's definitely hurt property. <laughs> On mean, top of that. Listen, oh, that is whatever. like the least of our problems. <laughs> it is Max. I remember Max being guilty about uh, destroying property before. Oh, yeah, that was before. Uh, that was so much. Oh, yeah, different times. That was so many character developments ago. In this situation, uh, we flash back to the others real quick. Moon, you have eased your control on uh, holding Brad Raker in place a little bit after his emotional attack on you. And he is going to take advantage of that, uh, finally ripping himself free. And since Charlotte is still the one who did the most like direct physical damage to him, he will attempt to attack Charlotte in this situation. Okay. He goes with the plant blades on his arm and basically goes for a direct slice and dice. I mean, I still have that resist and avoid blows thing. Does that still count? You could, yeah, you can say directly engage a threat. Mm-hmm. That's danger, right? Yeah. It's danger unless you want to fight the good fight and go easy on him. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Don't you love how honest we are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to have a plus one because I do not have a minus two mm -hmm. from the um, conditions. Nice. 
which is great. Yeah. That's a three. And a three, which is a six. Solid. Plus one is a seven. A good old Yay. good enough. <laughs> nice. Seven to nine, pick one. Yeah, resist or avoid their blows was your general plan. Yeah. You just super fast punch, like just whip his blades when they come at, come at you. You just give them a little poke so they miss you by a, by a hair. Yeah, you, uh, you, you feel that he did give you a slight shave tearing off a little bit of the it's a good kind he's basically removing some of your split ends <laughs> that's okay he basically stumbles past you his eyes turning to you quickly fixating on you he's definitely he did not assume that the situation would work this bad for him and he is about to swing back at you when all of you standing there hear something and it's a strange cacophony of noises It kind of sounds like you've ever uh, you've ever heard uh, fighter jets pass over your head uh, mm. or like planes pass over your head that kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that but you hear different sounds. And as you briefly gaze up as he does as well as he hears the sounds, you see that from the sky Sky Knight is coming down. Uh, once again, carrying Dr. Supergirl <laughs> like a little child. The Superman saving Lois Lane pose kind of. <laughs> coming down I'd say right next to the building a little bit away from you what's coming down right next to you is something else and that is Transistor's jet bike <gasps> which is uh, quickly flying over to you from the road and lands next to you with immense speed and you see that not just Transistor is there but Incent is also in the in the other seat of the bike basically your team has two SOS heroes there now, and Max right in front of the building has two now, who have apparently been approaching for a little bit because Sky Knight clearly knows that Max is inside and looks there at Max on the ground and says, all right, you guys are in control of the situation. What are the orders? <gasps> oh, if we take down Raker, everything else will be solved. But right now, what's happening in here is carnage, so... We also need to do something to take the attackers out here. All right, makes sense. Dr. Supergao is dropped by her and she basically waves for him to go away because this is a situation he can't really help with. And Sky Knight turns around to Transistor and Incent a little bit away and says, the renegades take the villain. We get the people out of the building. And Transistor and Incent jump out of the bike and run towards the building. And Sky Knight walks in and gives you a hand to help you up. Yeah, I get up. <laughs> okay. Sky Knight puts her hands on the metal floor of the hallway you're currently in, where there's a lot of people. And you see that all of the possessed people trying to get to the stairs or the elevators just sink into the ground, like two feet or something like that. And then the ground solidifies again. And she points at you and it makes it clear to you out while the other two are coming in and making their way up the stairs to deal with the people already inside. I just turn around and look over to the others and sort of say under my breath, well, if I'm done being pushed around for the day, I would be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I I'm going to return to the others, basically. Okay, yeah, you run back out, and the whole situation with being defeated very easily in hand-to-hand -hand combat, and now people from the SOS showing up has definitely not been great on Raker. 
who marks another condition from all of this together. Moon, you definitely feel that this is the point where he realizes he's basically lost the situation. And maybe if he were in a more logical frame of mind right now, this would be where he runs away. But he, you, you realize that there is still like the constant push from the Amarath for him to continue no matter the cost. Mm -hmm. And that manifests in this situation as him basically, similar to you when you lost control of your powers, letting out a psychic scream through the network. And all of you who see some of the possessed people around you can see that they're suddenly stumbling and holding their heads. And you can see that on all of them, these little plant growths, these little signs of possession are growing rapidly. He seems to be whipping them into a frenzy, accelerating the process. And you see on himself too, two of these strange bulb-like flowers are forming on the, his forehead, almost like horns. You can see that wing-like structures burst out of the back of his robe. And he resembles a human less and less as he goes for a desperate final attack. He goes for the most, I don't know, sensible target, uh, which is your leader, Max, who is just coming back to you. No. And with an in intense speed, as if these strange petals on his way uh, back are actual wings, he glides over the ground, a spear-like blade growing out of his hand to come directly at Max. I would like to do something. Remember how I got a power up and didn't really tell you guys what I took? I think in this moment, like Moon seeing the guy just whoosh away from them at like the one person who has been through so much. I think Moon will just reach out with everything they have and just try to stop him, like in any way, just like reaching out and saying, stop, 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 not Max, not Max, she has done enough. And I would like to roll a defense someone. Let's okay, see what sure, happens. Yeah. <gasps> it's an eight. Moon has taken on more abilities. And since they've discovered they are magic, I've decided to take the ability Psychic Constructs. They connect it to whatever it is that is the Earth and their thoughts and ideas are now made physical. I have a really cool visual for the situation in my mind. This like classic shot of we see Max sort of cowering about to be attacked and this closing eyes waiting for the moment to strike and then it just not happening. And only then do we zoom out and see like around Max basically this protective ball of energy has formed awesome. that the tip of the spear crashed against. And yeah, Max is protected by a strange force. Max first stops in her tracks and I think the first thing she would do is look around maybe for Will or something because he seems the most likely person to be able mm. to pull something like this off. And then I assume because it's Moon, like you, you can still sort of feel the magical construct in a way. It is a psychic construct, so it feels like Moon. Yeah. And I think Max would be very surprised just by the strength of emotion behind it, like strong enough to give physical, physical form. <laughs> Max didn't really realize uh, that she was this important to Moon and in that moment maybe realizes that Moon is very important to her as well. You also get uh, an additional benefit from Defend. You add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, A, eh? oh. or clear condition. 
I would say tech influence, like as much as I would like to clear a condition. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think right now, like trying to protect Max at all costs, even though Max has said, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to leave you guys. Like, no, you're still part of the team. And I will protect you, damn it. So this is the one for the Moon Max shippers. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're getting there. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> And Moon, it is still very emotionally draining to you. So uh, I'd say you do mark a condition from this. I think as Moon sort of feels like their mental energy, like their very mind itself, like leaving their body and crystallizing in this wall, that is pretty much the last thing Moon had to give. Like Moon is exhausted, they're tired, and now even their mind has poured itself out. And they feel like they have got nothing left to give. And I will mark hopeless. Okay. My fifth and final condition. I've literally given everything I can. I simply cannot do anything else to help. Uh, but your psychic barrier holds. And Max, you can see that the sort of monstrous creature that Raker has grown into is baffled by this and keeps trying to attack and keeps trying to concentrate. You see a strange glow coming from these plant growths on him as if he's trying to drain more and more power. And if you look around, you see that all the other people under his control appear to be falling to their knees under like the weight of his emotional impact on them and under the weight of the plants that are growing out of them. <laughs> so he's like, at this point, very much lost all control of the situation and is only purely driven by a need for revenge. And I'm gonna say, Max, you get to do something with this. I have already partially destroyed the fountain statue. Yes, it mo just basically exactly completely destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> the upper part was the ball thing, the, the globe. Yeah, 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 the globe, yeah. So I think I would just try to launch the lower part right at Raker. To basically squeeze him in between the force field and the stand that the globe was on? Yeah. Because I, I think currently, like, he's between you and the remains of the statue. Yeah, I think I think something like that would be a good idea. Okay. I'm not going to bother with electricity right now. <laughs> that didn't go well. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, fly yeah. on the windshield. I will call that another directly engager threat. That is fair. We could argue that my force field is helping if you need it. Yeah, we can definitely argue that. So, like, I, I don't need the team. It's either a seven or an eight. All right. Nice. Yeah, on a seven to nine, pick one. I think I would go for take something from them, which is, you know, the ability to move or attack or whatever. I will say I was so hoping you would go for take something from them because I have a really nice little surprise for mm. you on take something from them. I never know if really nice is, yes, I get to torture <laughs> you more or this is an actual <laughs> nice thing. I will tell you because here's what the nice surprise is. You have already taken all of his conditions. <gasps> oh. So as he's hit from the back with this large piece of metal, he gets squished against the forest field. And I'm going to say that even Moon doesn't fully understand how this works because they don't really have like full understanding of these strange new powers they have um, or like, any, any understanding. understanding. <laughs> and as he basically gets pressed against it, Max, you see that he sort of gets pushed through it and you maybe take a little step back. 
But as you look at it closer, you realize that he gets pushed through it, not the strange growths. And through this powerful force and through this force field, he's somehow being separated from the Amarath. His body gets pushed through slowly and visibly painfully as a strange, like, it almost looks like, like a drawing of a vascular system of these roots and growths from all over his body that get pushed out as his body is pushed in. And completely exhausted, red all over, and definitely bleeding, but removed from the Amarath, Brad Raker falls to his knees in front of you and loses consciousness inside of your force field as the Amarath that had grown inside of him writhe around the ground like a dying animal and slowly dry up and lose power as they die in front of your eyes, leaving behind nothing but a small red seed, almost looking like a pomegranate seed. And in that same moment, you see a similar change going through all the possessed people around you through, yes, screams and pain, but also through clear liberation as their growths die out in the same way as those you defeated did before. And I will say that this is still a pretty horrific thing to witness right in front of you. (laughs) So I'm going to say Max marks a condition. I do not have any more conditions. That's fair. Oh, fuck. I mean, like, it's basically over now. Yeah. I actually, like, don't think you get something super terrible from Max. It's just sort of emptiness, like being completely numb. Yeah, I get that. Because for the entire time, it was basically just the adrenaline and the danger keeping Max going. And now Mm. that it's gone, she probably also falls to her knees right in front of Raker and just stays there and doesn't do anything anymore. So let me summarize. People being liberated from the influence of a possibly malign mythic influence. Check. Our leader, Catatonic. Moon, absolutely (laughs) drained and discovering new superpowers. Charlotte, on her literal last leg. No, Charlotte is here like, I'm also here. Yeah, Yeah. Charlotte's doing the best out of everyone. (laughs) For once. And the SOS wiping up our mess. Like all these civilians we didn't get to protect. Yeah, guys, this is another bittersweet victory, I think. I think you'll have a short moment here where you're all basically just catching your breath. And everything is completely silent as soon as the screams subside. And then you hear something else. And first, it's only one source. Woo! Someone from the other side of the road who has apparently been hiding inside of one of the other buildings opens the door and gives a small little cheer and starts applauding. (laughs) And suddenly, others join in. People around who hadn't been possessed yet, but who have been, you know, terrorized by these creatures, start cheering and applauding for you. And you see on top of you, which you couldn't even realize in the situation before because you were so busy, there's news helicopters filming all this. You see that there's people on the road getting out of their cars that they'd been hiding in and walking up to you with smiles on their faces of relief of having been saved by a group of superheroes. 
and you see the SOS members that arrived here coming out of the building. Dr. Supergar was already outside and kind of like awkwardly looking at all of this. <laughs> But the other three come out and walk over to Max still kneeling on the ground and Transistor like puts a hand on her shoulder and says, well, looks like this time you guys saved the city. Does this crowd shift our labels? Yes, I will definitely say, like, at least with Max, Transistor tries to shift Max's labels. I'm not going to resist. <laughs> okay, Transistor will shift down your freak and will shift up your savior. I'm having Charlotte levels of savior right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess everyone except you thinks you're a pretty awesome hero. <laughs> yeah, for you, it's definitely bittersweet. But as the situation has come to an end, you realize that for the people around you, this was a great act of heroism. <laughs> And you are the heroes of the day. This is not stopping some guy who was taking money from the railway system. This is not fighting a supervillain in a back alley. This is saving the city in front of the eyes of the world, in front of the literal reporters whose lives you saved. And Transistor leans down a little bit to Max and says, Are you all right? Under her voice, so the assembled camera people don't really catch it. I'm a lot of things and all right is not one of them. She nods slightly and says, Do you need help getting up? Yes. She takes your hand and tries to kind of make it look like she's triumphantly raising it to the air as she's helping you to her legs and says, You just saved the city, and I don't like that this is part of it, but now is the time for the world to see you as a hero, not as someone on their knees. Max lifts the other arm as well in like a victory pose. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the audience is cheering even louder. People are whistling. It very much has... Um, end of Rocky vibes where you've had the sh shit beaten out of you. But yeah, celebration. The audience is swept away and the other two are being sort of uh, encouraged by Sky Knight to do the same. This is celebration time. As Moon walks over towards Max, um, they start rummaging in their satchel and as they get close to the seat that is the Amarath, I would like to Get a vibe check on the seat. Is it inactive? <laughs> like, I, I want to put it in the box, but first I yeah. want to know if I can, like, touch it without it being dangerous. You definitely get a feeling of the Amarath is alive uh, and it is still alive. You don't get any emotion from it or anything of the sort. You realize that it is a living thing, but it's a living thing in the same sense that any plant is a living thing. Mm. There is no malintention that comes from it itself. It's something that encourages emotion that was already there. Mm. So you definitely don't want to touch it directly, but it's not going to do anything negative on its own. Okay, so Moon will like get out a, a pair of tweezers and just put it into the yeah. satchel. And I think in this moment, <laughs> you do share a triumphant celebration. What? So if any of you want to do the triumphant celebration moves, this is definitely a moment for it. I think it's very fitting for me to start. All right. When you share triumphant celebration with someone, say whether it's part of the show or not. 
If it is, then you can shift your labels as you choose. If it is not, then they shift your labels and you can clear a condition or mark potential. Do you want to do this with Moon as they come over or with Transistor? Um, I think with Transistor. Mm-hmm. And it's 100% part of the show. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. This is 100% <laughs> part of the show. This is not like an earnest celebration right now. It's more keeping up the appearances, which yeah. is more an instinct uh, to Max than anything else. Transistor sort of gives a, a smile and a wave to the camera before turning around to you again and saying, I know, it always is, but you saved lives. And in the end, that's what we're here for, right? Right now, everything sucks. Every bone hurts. Your emotions are drained out of your ears, dried up, and then evaporated into the air again. But in a way, that's just what being a hero is about. And in the end, you'll feel so much better for having helped people. Max nods. Uh, and then you get to shift your labels as you choose. I do. Um, I actually think I'm going to shift up my danger because... Mm-hmm. This probably has shown like nothing else how easy it is to um, let collateral damage happen. Yeah. Like even the decision to go for Raker in the beginning and not do anything against the other people, that was a decision that led to people being hurt. Yeah, for sure. So for once, it doesn't have anything to do directly with Max's powers and more like being a superhero. Max as a leader. Yeah, a leader and just a superhero in general. So yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going to shift danger up. I think I'm going to shift mundane down. Mm-hmm. It fits within the thing of um, like the decisions of superheroes have complications and consequences that those of normal people do not have. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense to shift down the mundane. Yeah. Transistor kind of keeps talking and says, you know, In the end, they don't really care for where the villain came from or how he was stopped. In the end, they care that he was stopped. And you did your best on that. Today, the SOS was here, but the Renegade saved the city. Well, I guess my PR manager should be prepared for some interviews. Uh, She kind of laughs and says, that's the spirit. Uh, do you need help walking? I think I'm fine for now. Um, I think thank this, you. Is, this is the moment where Moon literally jumps on you in a bear hug. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's also something that my my um, my fans want from me, right? Uh, yeah, good uh, good uh, chemistry with uh, my chemistry allies. with your allies. Yeah, yeah, yeah and exactly. Mine is when you share a triumphant celebration with someone, take influence over them if you show the meaningful affection, physical or emotional. <laughs> And I think Moon jumps on you like in a bear hug, like, Max, I'm so glad you're all right. Did you see what I did there? I didn't know I could do that. But you're fine. You you did it. You, you saved everyone. How did you even do that? You basically saved my life. I have absolutely no idea. So, yeah, I, I would say it's meaningful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then, uh, yeah, Moon, you get to shift Max's labels because yes. you already have influence now. <laughs> This is the time where we just change all of the labels. Yeah, for Max. yeah. Uh, Savior up, Freak down. Yeah, there's definitely a logic to that. So Savior and Freak are at Max and Max. Oh, yes. no! <laughs> <laughs> they are. If you ever need to shift a label above plus three yeah. or below minus two, mark a condition instead, GM's choice. I, you have all conditions, right? I do. 
And I'm already basically taken out. So. <laughs> yeah, you're already basically taken out. So yeah, I'm going to say the transistor helping you up counted as getting you back, which means that you have demarked a condition again, which you can remark now, whatever. Yeah, but it would be probably just hopeless. Yeah. Moon gave you hope. And then they told you so much what they think of you that it caused cognitive dissonance. <laughs> and hard. you're like, yeah, no, they don't know me at all. I actually think what's happening here is like a weird case of imposter syndrome where it's like, oh, these people think I'm so great. Oh my God, I fooled them into thinking I'm so yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works perfectly for Max. I even yeah, fooled the empath in into thinking I was great. <laughs> I fooled the person who literally cannot lie to me <laughs> and who I cannot, li I cannot effectively lie to into thinking I'm great. <laughs> I want to give Charlotte an opportunity to, to get into the situation. Charlotte also won. I did some cool moves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You did. What is your triumphant celebration thing? Uh, it says, when you share a triumphant celebration with someone, tell them whether you see them as an equal. If you do, give them influence over you and mark potential. If you don't, shift superior up and another label down. I just want to throw it in here. Like, this is a perfect situation to revo resolve a bit of stuff on the leadership change. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of my issue right now with the um, equal part. Because mm. I think Charlotte doesn't see them as equal. She sees Max as better than her. Mm. So I'm quite conflicted about this right now. I think saying Max is better at this thing that you saw yourself as the natural fit for i think that still falls under this on under this sort of thing yeah of okay. yeah i see you as just as important if not more important than me yeah i feel like it was this whole thing of i'm starboard so i should be the leader turned into oh i think the leader should be chosen for who's best suited for it in general yeah yeah, yeah that's true okay so um talit gets up with a lot of effort <laughs> <laughs> and also walks over to Moon and uh, Max and looks at Max and says, you did great. I know we had some issues with the leadership thing, but you are an amazing leader. Uh, you did so well. And Moon and I were pretty lost when you were gone. So I'm glad we had you back and uh, for this fight. And uh, you get to give Max influence over you and mark potential. So that means that Max gets to shift your labels. All right. Well, first of all, I think Max responds with thanks. That means a lot coming from you. I know I gave you a hard time, but you deserve all the praise right now. I think what would be the most important thing here is that Charlotte in the end did not choose to run away. Charlotte stayed with the team and mm, did as mm. told. Mm. Yeah. Even though I thought it was a bad idea, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about how to translate that into labels. Maybe superior downs mundane up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. That could work. Or superior down savior up could also work. I think I'm uh, gonna go for mundane up. Mm. I feel like the savior in Charlotte would have actually drawn her to the building rather than fighting Raker. Yes, definitely. That, yeah. So yeah, um, I would say superior down, mundane up. All right. You got a pretty good mundane now. Yeah, I have a plus two in mundane. That's good because I'm at zero again. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of you uh, can be good at talking to people at a time. And I'm so not a freak. I'm just no freak. <laughs> You're ab absolutely unfreaked. Yes. 
And as the situation sort of clears up, the SOS members help deal with the fallout. You get the feeling that they definitely agreed in advance on definitely like not saying that they did this. And uh, they like clearly say, yeah, you guys picked up this problem first. You guys ultimately dealt with it. Which is something you're not used to from the SOS. Yeah, that's uh, that's very nice of them considering yep. our relationship with the SOS so far. Yeah. There's also you're, you're a lot kind of, of camera lucky. footage. Yeah. Yeah, and you're also kind of lucky that the people who are currently here generally like you. Mm. Uh, Dr. Supergao is also absolutely going to walk over to you and tell you basically if any of you need help talking about all of this. I, I only work... I ba basically get paid by the SOS, so unless you're SOS members, I would have to ask for a salary if you, you know, want to. I'm, I'm a very good psychiatrist and therapist to superheroes because I have a lot of experience with that. So I, if you need one, I am available. Uh, I gave you my business card already. Uh, if you need something right now, I can definitely talk to you right now. Um. I think I need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> sleep is very important. But thank you for the offer. That's very nice. Absolutely no problem. Um, I'm I'm glad to have met all of you again. I, I kind of thought that you would burn out in a few days after you left the SOS. But I'm glad to see that you didn't. Uh, Moon typed something into their communicator thing um, and translates it to English to show him. Because they have no way of interacting with Dr. Supergirl <laughs> without anyone translating. And they don't want this translated. <laughs> Mm. So Moon like shows him the screen which says, I need to help my friends. I don't know how. Can we talk later? He gives you a little thumbs up and hands you another of his business cards. <laughs> Either way, good to save the city with you guys. I get to be involved in this so rarely. Uh, usually just kaijus and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, recover well. I, I definitely want you all to recover well. Don't do too much the next few days. Someone's going to save the city. It doesn't have to be you. Uh, get a lot of sleep uh, and drink a lot of water. Uh, see you guys next opportunity. <laughs> and he goes back to Sky Knight, basically like looking at her until she picks him up again. <laughs> That's cute. I friendship them. <laughs> Transistor would also offer you all to fly you back home. I have a spaceship. I don't need you. But thanks for the offer. Yeah, just take it take it slow the next few days. Riverside is kind of chill from what I've seen, so probably not too much going on there. Transistor is going to jump back into her bike and Incent is going to join her, who did not say a thing in this situation, but he just wasn't that relevant. <laughs> he was just in the background being supportive. He was helping. He was just photobombing everyone. <laughs> he does, however, whisper something to Transistor real quick as they get in there and Transistor turns around to Max once more and says, Max, don't forget, you can call me at any time. I, I would love to talk to you about anything. Okay. She uh, kind of looks at you, trying to gather if this is a, okay, yeah, I might, or an, okay, sure. I think it's an, um, okay, I don't know yet. She, she kind of picks up on that and nods her head. And yeah, they take off, as do Sky Knight and Dr. Supergirl. And you're left there with ship and a crowd of people who, while applauding and uh, being very cheery, Uh, are slowly dispersing and not trying to come too close because there was clearly something infectious going on here. <laughs> yep. Good That's call. Fair. 
the growing pod around the building is also withered at this point. And as you look through the thinning crowds, Max, you catch a little glimpse of someone standing at the back. Uh, someone in a black trench coat. You you see that Will also appears to be here. Does uh, he maybe Starbucks just in arrived. Uh, he does not have Starbucks in his hand. He has, however, the hand of Ryan in his hand. Aww. Who is also here. So apparently Ryan either managed the situation or they both left as soon as the Amarath died in the person they were trying to free from it. Max definitely would not go to them. Mm. I think she just sort of shrugs in, in Will's direction. Uh, Will sort of nods at Max. And for him, that is a big emotional moment. <laughs> I think Moon would definitely go over. Yeah, and I would say as Moon walks up to them, a few people pass by in front of them and they're gone again. <laughs> Man, he told me he could set me up with like people who can teach me how to do that stuff. Huh. I think he did. You do have his phone number. Yeah, which it just didn't connect last time. Yeah. But he was in hell. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I think we would all benefit from a little break. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can all get back into ship and do whatever. I think maybe while we're in the ship, mm. Max stands in the same spot as before and says so the two of you would be pretty lost without me right yup yeah absolutely you have no idea how hard it was when you were in the pod like not even at the beginning of our career where we as disorganized as we two were when you weren't there i'm sorry about that moon by the way no no that's that's not just on you like I didn't know what to do either. Like, I told you we should do this, and then I didn't do it. I, like, I, I told you we should get in the spaceship and go to Enoch, and then I stayed anyway. It's... I'm good with, like, getting a grip of, like, a lot of input. That's just... Well, <laughs> that's what I, my mind has to do any every day. But when it's in a fight or in a crisis, it's just there's so much to think about, and I just don't know what to prioritize. I need someone who thinks with their head and not with their feelings. And Max, I think you, you're very good at striking a balance between both. As Brad Raker likes to say, facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the, is this the comfort or support? I guess. I'd say comfort or support. Uh, that's a 10, minus 2. Nice. That's an 8. Not once has one of my dice not been a 5 or above this entire day. Nice. Um, so yeah, mark potential, clear condition, or shift labels, if you open up. I think I'm just going to take the potential. Makes sense. When I was at my lowest, you were there for me, Moon. You literally took me out of there. And now again, you, you saved my life. I'm, I'm sorry about the way I talked to you before, and I think I was rash in my decision to leave, but I don't know what the future holds. So I, I can't promise to stick around forever or even for a long time or, you know, just... I don't know what to do, but I'm not just going to leave you out to dry all by yourself. I, I will stay for now. Thank you. It's, it's, it's nice having you back. And I'm trying desperately to think, what could I do to comfort Charlotte? <laughs> <laughs> you can think about that for the rest of the flight as you make your way back to your headquarters. I think there would be something very comforting for Charlotte, and that is drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, so true. Just being and able I to will lay say, down. 
I will say that you do find Enoch in a not no longer unconscious state as you make your way back, uh, but still sitting on a chair and having like a little bit of water. And like having a, a, fl a pack of frozen beans pressed to his head. <laughs> you see that right next to him is like a small pill bottle. <laughs> so apparently he did take some sort of like fucking ibuprofen or something <laughs> against the pain. But as you come back, he does look up to you. He's still not dressed in a superhero costume, still in like a really wrecked <laughs> suit uh, that he's worn since the graveyard. And as soon as you step out of the spaceship, He asks, what happened? You know what, just turn on the TV. I'm, I'm sure you will see. The the Amarath, did you get it back? Moon um, takes out the little box with the Amarath inside. I hope you know what we can do with this. Like, it's it's just a being like any else. Is there any place we can release it where it won't cause any harm? He nods and he says, it's not malicious. It's not... A being in that sense. It's extremely dangerous when it's planted in a mind. It's a lot like an idea. It's emotional at its core. It spreads very easily. And in the wrong hands, it can infect others and become extremely dangerous. But it's completely harmless if you know what you do with it. If you can keep your cool. And it can be helpful as an idea itself can also be. I, I had a friend once. I had a team once. My friend, she held it inside herself. She had to keep control. She forged weapons out of it. She used it for good and to help people. I think that's how it should be used in the future. Maybe we can find the right person to hold on to it. But I'd say until then, we better keep it away. Because nothing against you. I think the same thing about me. But I don't know if we are the right people. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> the last thing that I need is someone that makes emotions even harder to <laughs> process and or discipline. No. <laughs> no, thank you. I have I have enough of the entire, like, your magic stuff. Uh, so, no, 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 no. I think I'll store it. Uh, that might be the best idea right now. Uh, I have some other things of magical nature that I keep sealed away. Okay. And Moon gives him the box. He takes it and says, I, I'm sorry if I made this whole situation harder for the, the lot of you because I wasn't here to help you out with it. If something like this arises again, a magical threat, a problem like that, come to me. I, I have some experience with that. You should probably be careful. We might have really pissed off the Witchfinders. I'll deal with that when I'll deal with that. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. Yeah, okay. Like, in a way where they know where we are? No, but I think they really don't like Moon either. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they were very suspicious of them and uh, thought it was, you know, magic. You know how I look like a devil and have magic? They don't like that. He, he raises an eyebrow. Magic? Yeah, apparently what I do is magic. And I, I made this wall in the fight and I've, I have no idea what I did. Like I was thinking I want, I want to protect Max and then a wall appeared and it felt like I was powering it. I need help with this. But we'll well, you can't, well, you can't read his emotions. I'd say that you have known humans for long enough to see a tinge of fear in his eyes as you tell him that you're capable of using magic. And he says, 
I'm sorry about that. It's gonna make things on Earth harder for you than they were before. Really? I've lost the two people I love the most in my life because they were capable of using magic. I will do what I can so you don't get lost the same way. Oh, I'll be fine. I'm sure my team will protect me. Yeah, they probably will. And he uh, takes the box with him and goes up the stairs. I think we should send him to Dr. Supergirl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so might, too. Might be good for him. He might need it more than any of us. You do have a running TV here, I think. I think Enoch was watching the situation unfold on TV as you got here. And you see on it like a headline at the bottom and you see that the Waypoint Evening Times building is in the image. You see Jessica Veritas herself being interviewed in front of the building about you because she knows you the best. And it's, it's muted at this point, but you do see the headline, Renegade Heroes Save the City at the bottom. Aww. How many missed calls from Rex do I have? <laughs> oh, so many. And... I think, unless you guys want to do something else at this point, we deal with the missed calls next time. Yes. And we have a fade to black. Oh, no. We fade in on a room of white tiles and polished silver instruments. Artificial noises dissonantly fill the air, the beeping of medical monitoring equipment, sharp and piercing, mixed with a low growl of heavy machinery in operation. The air hurts to breathe, aggressively sterile, as if it had been cleansed with the same disinfectant as the surfaces and tools that shine brightly from all corners and walls. A large screen fills the mid part of one of the bright walls. The footage on display shows a news building in a city many miles away, filmed from a helicopter, under attack by a red, plant-like growth, which is slowly but surely fought off by a coalition of heroes. Lightning strikes from the hands of one of them as they magnetically pull on a metallic structure, seemingly with superhuman strength, a structure they had electrolyzed before, and a gasp cuts through the inhuman noise of the room. There, pause! The footage is halted soon zooming in on the face of a hero in a red jacket with electric blue lightning on their chest. A large hand noisily rises to point at the screen, a claw of metal and intricate machinery that slowly unfolds to indicate the face of the young metahuman. That's it. That's the exact power set I need. Both magnetism and lightning. Look them up. What's their price? A second voice enters the conversation, that of a young woman, just out of frame. Her fingers click and clack busily on a keyboard. Max Powers, hero name Ecstatic. Ah, you like this? Born citizen of Dreamland. Perfect. Who owns the rights? Her ma, from the looks of it. Local mayor. Oh, she gave him up. Not long ago. Can't be more than a couple weeks. It's gotta mean they've defaulted back to the state. Suddenly, the clanking and grinding of metal from whatever is sat in front of the screen sounds excited, like the tapping of a child's feet as it's about to open a birthday present. Well, seems like they've been away from the motherland for far too long, then. Max Powers. Time to come home. And that's where we end this arc.
end episode. <laughs> a little bit of foreshadowing. I don't like this shadow at all. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, that was an arc. Well, that's going to be such a mean cliffhanger, though. Yeah. Mm, mm, for sure. For sure. Also, something I, w- I would maybe like to do here, if possible, is end of session. <laughs> yes. For once, not to forget it. Uh, at the end of every session, each of you choose one. Did you glo- grow closer to the team, grow into your own image of yourself, or grow away from the team? Let's start with Charlotte. Um, I would say grow closer to the team. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, if you grew closer to the team, explain who made you feel welcome, give influence to that character, and clear condition or mark potential. Um, I mean, uh, Moon, I would say, made me Yeah, makes welcome. sense. Especially in that last episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even though I shouted at you. <laughs> you can give influence to Moon or and clear condition, or you can mark potential. I'm gonna give influence to Moon. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, if you give influence to Moon, you already have influence to Moon, so you get to shift Moon's labels. No, I think I, I get to shift Charlotte's labels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Moon gets to shift Charlotte's labels. Hmm. I think freak down and superior up. Because I think Moon sees Charlotte as very capable. And like as soon as, as she lets go of all these like squabbles about who should be leader as an extremely good hero who should have more self-confidence. Nice. Now two of you have a negative two in Freak. Yes. <laughs> so unfreaky. <laughs> Just never unleash your powers again. <laughs> But yeah. everything else is a positive for uh, Charlotte. So that's nice. Freak is also my only negative one. Let's move over to uh, Moon. Would you say that you grew closer to the team, grow into your own image of yourself, or grew away from the team? I would also say grow closer to the team. Grow into your own image is tempting, but especially yeah, lifting new tempting, powers, yeah. but I don't think Moon yeah. has enough of a grasp of what they are, that it has influenced them that much. I think... That also has a logic. Yeah, like, oh shit, I have magic, I don't know what to do with this, I did one thing, what one weird thing isn't exactly growing into your own image yet. Mm. But that's definitely something for the future. Yeah. Okay. And I would say Max, like seeing how the mm. team comes together and like, especially in the end, how Max came through with like, okay, I'll, I'll um, get over all the things I've been to, um, I've been through for my team. I think that's really something that inspires Moon. Mm. So I will. Okay. So you can give influence and remove a condition or mark potential. I think I'll mark potential. And yeah. Mimi, you can you can shift my labels. Oh, definitely your savior is going up. Yay, it's not a zero anymore. <laughs> hey, hey. Savior going up. And I think I would shift your freak down. Makes sense. Okay, then let's get to uh, Max, who has definitely had the most change in this arc. <laughs> yes, All of I, them I, would make sense. I think growing close or growing away from the team is not something that can be easily answered here. <laughs> mm. Mm, yeah. But I do think that Max definitely, like, grew into her own image. Like, she wanted the leadership role so badly and superficially, obviously, thought that she was the right choice. Mm. But I feel like now that it's more or less proven that she's actually the best choice and it's not, like, just a PR thing or whatever or, or how it looks, I think she sort of internalizes that on a different level. That makes sense. 
Okay, then shift one label up and another label down. I think I would shift up superior mm-hmm. and maybe go even further down with mundane. Yeah, that's also what I would have mm. thought. This is hilarious. <laughs> Your stats look so fucking wild. <laughs> Honestly, Read like negative two and savior and superior plus t- uh, three. Oh, I literally know like all of my stats in like how they went from session to session. Mm. And I think it would be really interesting just to see how some of the stats like superior or mundane develop over yeah, yeah, yeah. the sessions. Yeah, that would be fun. Make a graph. Okay. Yeah, since since you have done all of that and all of the bonuses and negatives you get from that, I'm going to say this is where we end the arc. I'm also going to say that we don't plug anything today because this episode is going to be long as hell yes, already. Yeah. So instead, I will just say you can find us at Waypoint Pod on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Tumblr. Uh, you can write us an email, waypointheroes at gmail.com. We got another one, I heard. Yes, we did. We got some nice dog pictures. <gasps> pet pictures. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. Oh, more, very more, nice. More, of, more pet pics. More yes, pet pics, more, more pet fanfics. We were very happy. <laughs> we're, we're extremely happy. And, oh yeah, before I forget, our theme song was made by Persky. You can find him as I'm Persky on Bandcamp. We had a lot of music from Mon Plaisir in here, actually. Our favorite uh, royalty-free musician that we keep using. And also the cover of Wrecking Ball that we used for a single scene in this episode is by Andrew Keys. The original is obviously by Miley Cyrus. Copyright, 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 wherever that is applicable and all of that. He graciously allowed us to use it for this and you can find him on YouTube under the name Andrew Keys with a Z in the end, but key like the key otherwise. I hope you join us again next time for a little bit of an after story to this arc, a little bit of an outro. And until then, I will say bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.